but the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball. Oh, was the Euro, different, the, Euro, like, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different <laughs> in America. <laughs> Absolutely. Hi, um, my name is Andre Arroso. I am 23 years old, originally from Northampton, England. And at the age of 19, I went to a junior college in Colorado named Otero and have recently in 2020 just graduated from my four year school, which is Chaminade University in Hawaii in NCAA Division Two. Beautiful. Um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, great, great, great thank catching up with you. Great catching up with you. Um, Okay, so let's get straight into it. How and why did you choose your, um, I guess, you know, the first experience you had going over to the States was going to junior college. So talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, why did you choose it and how did you get that opportunity? Personally, like I started basketball pretty late. I really started to really understand that I wanted to do this as a career around age 15. And then, so that window between 15 and 16, I, at 16, I moved to like an elite academy here in England called Charmel College. Mm -hmm. And I did three years there. Um, it was probably the biggest three years of my life to this day in terms of molding me as a person um, and as a basketball player and really like making me understand what it's going to take for me to go to America. Because before even basketball was a thing for me, I've always wanted to live in America and be in America. So I just nice. knew that basketball was kind of one, one of those things that was going to help me get that. But um, so the junior college route isn't really a preferred route for any outsider in, who's not American. No one really wants to go JUCO first. We all want to go to a D1 or a good D2 school. But for me, I was also one of those guys. And... Um, I think with my situation, it was between coming out of my second year in Charmwood, I was deciding between Delta State, which is a Division II school, um, Spire Academy, which is a prep school, and then Montana mm -hmm. State, which is in the big sky. We were like talking a lot and that was, yeah. And then it was kind of like an iffy, wasn't really aligning as, as much smoothly as I thought it was. And it was getting later in the process. And then you have to do your SATs and clearing house. And for like me, it was all alien to me. So it was just one of those things where the best situation for me was to go to junior college, which one of the Montana State coaches hooked me up with. Um, his name's Chris Haslam. And he hooked me up to go to Otero Junior College, which is like one of the best junior colleges in the nation. Um, so I went there. Um, at first, I was a bit skeptical from the stereotypes of Juco, um, especially like just an English kid that's never been to America, never. Mm -hmm. Like all I've been watching is hoop mixtape. That's all I've been watching <laughs> as like what I know from basketball, isn't it? Uh -huh. So it's just, I didn't know what I was going to go into, but I got there and it was probably the best moments of my life than that. And it really made me go through trials and tribulations at first, I thought it was going to break me, but it ended up making me, so. Okay, okay. There's, there's a lot of mixed reviews about Juco, so yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. There really is, though. Uh, really is. Yeah, that's the, yeah. I mean, I guess it's potluck, and there's so many programs, and I guess it depends on what type of Juco, like what, you know, is there a lot of uh, 
D1 um, transfers that go there and you know what I mean it, it just yeah. all depends what type of scholarship did you get if any um, and did your grades play a factor in your recruitment and I guess this is for both situations now um, you know we're looking at when you initially went over uh, to Ontario and, 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 and then after when you transferred to D2 Full scholarship for both of my colleges. So I got a full scholarship to my junior college and then a four, for my four-year school, I also got a scholarship. Um, yeah, man, that without that full scholarship, I wouldn't have even attended university. Um, even if I stayed here in England, I don't think. Financially, like, obviously, I come from just me and my mum and my two older sisters. So mm. I don't think financially, like, it wasn't doable without basketball. So I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, I was fortunate enough to get a full ride for both of my schools. And did you have to pay anything? So uh, as I said, I mentioned earlier, we spoke to Jordan yesterday. And Mm -hmm. he spoke about there was like some unknown costs. So he said he had to pay for his books. He said he had to pay for... Right. Um, some international fees, I think he said, and some other things. So, what what, yeah. what did you have to pay? Um, when I got to JUCO, so I knew I was on a full ride. But when you're an international student, there's like international tax, which I think. Yeah. So you get taxed on your scholarship, right? As you would, and there's like a little number that I think we have to pay for as athletes, especially in my JUCO. I remember going through this because I was so confused. I was like, I can't give three grand. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we got billed for international tax. But if you're proactive about it and speak to the right people, you can get, like, when the tax returns come, blah, 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 oh, yeah. you can actually claim it back. I'm not sure if you get all of it back, but you definitely uh. get, like, three quarters back. And that's what I did. So... That worked out all right. You just have to open an American bank account. So then, because they're a bit weird when it comes to a They're trying to do no, no, no offshore deals now. None, none of that kind of bank account in the hands. Okay. Um, okay. And did your grades play a part in you getting a full scholarship? You know, was it completely academic? Was it academic and... Yeah. So... I got a full athletic scholarship for both of mine. But if my grades weren't on point, I wouldn't have got the athletic scholarship. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh So the importance of grades works both ways. Like if you can keep good grades through, let's say for an English guy, GCSEs, A-levels, and do good in your SATs, I think, especially speaking to my coaches when they're recruiting, as I'm an older, they really do go, what's his academics like? from the get-go because especially in Juco you get a lot of guys that coast through it and they can't play because their grades are bad or they're not putting in the effort and then they're a D1 player but don't have the grades to go to that good D1 school same with D2 so it's one of those ones where you have to get your grades regardless if it's you need an academic scholarship or if you just want to play and get some sort of scholarship you have to have academics like my second school Chaminade was a private school like all of the kids like were high high A's and B's 
and we had to become that and it was pressure so it's not just about <laughs> do you have good grades on paper it's like not just about the paper grades it's like do you have a work ethic of having good grades and it really does correspond yeah. to everything so that's the biggest message i could give to anyone who's trying to go to america is your grades just don't even mess around with it don't even mess around with it just do what you have to do because you don't want any slip-ups to be like, oh, you're a couple marks off or you didn't have this. Don't don't play with it because I've seen too many people have their dreams crushed because they don't have the grades. So. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's real, it's real. What type of questions did you ask your, um, your coaches when you was being recruited, I guess, in both scenarios? Um, yeah. And are there stuff that you wish that you asked? Yeah. Um, so what I did, because I was a very, like, in my younger years, from around 16 to 19, I was just that annoying kid that would ask too many questions. Mm-hmm. I say annoying, it's good to ask questions. Like, Great never, to ask questions. questions. But I think I learned, because I had people like Connor Washington, Will Maynard, kind of who were like a mentor, big brother figures for me while I was in Leicester. So they guided me a lot on their experiences and, questions you have to understand how the recruiting world works especially as a youngster how it is a business if you if you're looking at big d1 schools and high level d2 like those coaches feed their families through you in such in a nutshell you know like so they're looking to be like okay like who's going to come in produce so then now they're looking at you who they haven't seen live because you're across the world and you do cost more in terms of scholarships so why should I take you out of the thousands of American guards or bigs that I have here? Facts. So you have to have that in your mindset. So you're already in some sort of bracket compared to everyone else. So the questions that I would ask is not just because any coach that promises playing time, you should definitely question. No one should <laughs> promise you playing time. Because that's, that's all we want to hear as players. We're like, yeah, tell me I'm going to play 25 minutes a game. Tell me. Like, I've got the end of the club. We want to hear that, but that's not what you're looking for. You need to know what responses you're looking for from a coach. So is it just about basketball? No, you want a coach that's more like, who are you as a person? How is he going to make you grow into a young man? Like, those things are so important. If you can get a coach that invests on you outside of basketball, that's also a very good positive. Jordan Spencer, will know, he went to a really good school and his coach is very... Kind of like a Greg Popovich, like Spurs, how he's like mm-hmm, very like mm-hmm. close to players out of the game. You need that. Um, so I asked like one question I did ask my Chaminade coach that was a bit weird. I was like, so who are you outside of basketball? And I just Oh, you were in a deep question. the deep question, huh? I went in deep. I went in deep. I was like, who are you like, who are outside you? of basketball? Like I feel like that's a good question, like, because I would want to be that asked that question. Like, is he a family man? Is he someone that does this? Is he does that? Like, it, you need to kind of know what you're walking into because it's very tricky. But you also need to understand, like, what's your long goal for me? Like, do you, you think I'm someone that's raw, and you think in two to three years I'm gonna be like a main player? Um, what do you think my weaknesses are? Like, how are you going to help me on a day-to-day basis outside of practice? You want coaches that are going to have a plan for you outside of just practicing. Because when we practice, especially when you go to a four-year school, you have the red shirts, 
the freshmen, the sophomores, the juniors and the seniors. Seniors and juniors, they run it. Like we all know, like they've obviously either been there all those years or had the experience. They run the show. So if you're coming in as a freshman or a sophomore and you're like, okay, I'm coming to kill practice. Well, it's not going to go like that, regardless of how good you are, because they already take it. So it's like, okay, what can I do outside of practice to make Mm. sure that I am one of those guys? But you can't do it alone. That's where you need to ask those questions. Like, what, what is your role for me? What do you see me as? What do you think my strengths are in this team? There's so many questions you need to ask. But I think it's just important to have a Skype, Zoom or FaceTime call. Because over mm. the phone, especially American coaches, they know they've been doing this for years. They know how to get a player to their school. They, they know how to do it. So you don't want to just go there and be like, yeah, sounds sick. They have a campus. Cool. <laughs> The coach talks about too much about the campus. Like, you're not going because of the campus, you know? You're not going mm-hmm. because they have good food. You're not going because it's a party school. You're not, like, you want to know about the academics, the basketball, and the growth that you're going to have there. Stick to those main things. And I know I'm talking because I've been Hawaii, but that's not the reason that I don't. <laughs> but, like, that's what, that's what you need to be, like, really looking into. But Hawaii, you can't say no to Hawaii. Yeah, I was just about to say, did you ask him any questions? You was like, so what's the school code? You said Hawaii. He said, cool, I'll be there Monday. Is that how it works? <laughs> I'll be there Monday. <laughs> just have my room ready. We'll, we'll talk yeah, afterwards, man. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll find out who you are when I get there and we're chilling on the beach. We can do that, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just, just get me there, coach. I hear you. I feel you, man. Uh, He's he trying to tell me, you know, the, the deep questions and what the like what's your, your your innermost thoughts and then he's like hey what hawaii no no we good yeah i'll be there yeah. oh that's funny um, i sound like it i sound like a hypocrite <laughs> you didn't get nothing about anything going on you're like hawaii i see what that place is like what was the league play like um you know was it you know uh, a big league a guard league a lot of shooters iso play um, a lot of post-ups, um, and I guess this is for, you know, both Juco and D2. Um, you know, just let us know what leagues you're in or what conferences and what they, what the play was like in those leagues. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think it was a blessing in disguise for me to go to Juco and then to, like, one of the best Division twos. Because um, Juco, it does fit the stereotype and in terms of it's very... Mm. I wouldn't say structured, but you have a lot of athleticism in Juco. You need to be able to play fast, athletic, kind of like that grit, grind, like street ball kind of mentality. Like that's like really what it is. Like that is the culture, especially my conference. I was in region nine and that was one of the best like regions in the country. And we went to, um, the national tournament in Hutch in my second year. But we made the conference like finals and stuff like all the time. But that majority, I would say mostly a guard league, I would say with Juco. You get a lot of good, good guards that guards is overpopulated, especially in the States. Like, so a lot of them just end up going Juco, whether they're bounce backs from four year schools or, but yeah, Guards for sure in Juco. That's why it's so much of a grind as well. Like you're 
always going to be guard and a guard, bigger, smaller guards. The competition's higher. You've got to try to get seen more. So it's hard. It's, a, mm. it's tough. But yeah, fast, physical, kind of just that down gritty basketball. And it's definitely a culture change because here in England, like, you don't, don't see, see that. You Maybe you, see you, might, you might get one game a year if you play EABL or stuff where it's otherwise you just yeah you're not gonna see that kind of like people being able to like jump out of the gym or like guys that are just shifty and like shaky like you don't see that much in Europe when you go to Juco you see it like a lot um, then completely flip the switch I go to Chaminade which is a high top ranked division two school and we played in the Pacific West Conference. Um, that's big guards, shooters, wings, like all just good structured players. Athletic guys as well. Like it's just a mixture of all. And to be honest, we were pretty much like a Division One team. Like we played in the Maui tournament. And in the past years, like they've beat Division One schools. We played Arizona my first year and San Diego State and we lost by like five. Um, but they beat Division Ones all the time. Um, we almost beat Georgia University, but we got hit on a buzzer beater by Anthony Edwards, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, D Division Two is a bit less athleticism than Division One, but more smart, more a lot of more shooters. Like everyone can shoot. There's not really a person in Division Two that can't shoot. Okay. So. Okay, that's dope. Um, yeah, like, the, and that's another common contrast that we're having is that, you know, Juco is just kind of like everybody kind of just fighting to get out kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when you go to your D2s, your D1s, or your D3s, it's just like, hey, you can play a lot more structure, a lot more time, a lot more effort. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what helped you to graduate and play? Um, so, you know, what things did you have in place um, and how easy or difficult was it to be a student athlete, as they say? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, I'll talk about the four-year school because that one was way harder than my junior college career um especially being in hawaii so a lot of our games would have to fly and we would be gone out of school for like two weeks apiece Dang. so that's like yeah yeah so we would go to california play california schools come back play our home games go to like southern california and do those games come back like it's very okay yeah, very like NBA lifestyle, like living in hotels and like, which is cool because you get to experience it and it's a taste mm -hmm. of like the pro world and everything like that. But the way I had to grasp time management okay. is madness. And I couldn't even begin to tell you, like I had to cancel, I think my first, my second month for being there, my Xbox membership, gone. <laughs> had to, had to. Had to. Okay, okay. I had to because that was a distraction. I think I really sat myself down and like I didn't go into rock bottom with my schoolwork, but I watched other guys do it and I watched the consequences. And I was like, 
can't be me. It can't be me. So I just like, okay. I, li- I remember, I actually remember this moment. I remember writing down all my priorities. I was like, okay, school, of course. Basketball, right. And then all like the things I would probably put a lot of focus on, like Xbox and like chilling and maybe like going to the beach all at the bottom. And I was like, okay, I'm spending way more time than that on my school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally had a plan. I had a whiteboard in my room and it was like gridded off. I was like, okay, you get two hours a week to play your Xbox. That's it. That's all I gave myself. These days have to be with schoolwork. Because our coach was very mature and he trusted us as like grown men to be like, okay, we're going away for two weeks. Make sure you're proactive with your schoolwork. Get it done. So that week before we fly, I'm literally go walking into my teachers like, okay, here's the sheet that I'm leaving. What am I going to miss? What do I need to know now? Like, we're going to be in constant emails. Like, I had to be on top of it. And it was a lot. Like, it was very, like, tedious. But it really like kept me in gear and by doing that everything else kind of fat into place like my basketball was going good I just felt more mature like I was a lot more relaxed I didn't I could just focus on ball because I would spend two hours a day just locking off and just focusing on my schoolwork that's that's, man that's tough man Um, yeah you know living on the road for two like it's that's very easy to get distracted being on the road and I mean, you don't want to do anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, you're on the road with the fellas. You know, you've seen some sites, some places that you've never been before. And you go, yeah, that's, hey, hats off to you, man. Are there any hacks um, that you can share? Any, any, uh, I don't want to say shortcuts, but, you know, are there any things to help the the study bit go easier? Um. What did I do? Okay, the biggest thing for me is I set alarms. I probably have like eight alarms that go off within my day. Um, But the biggest hack I'll probably say is wake up an hour earlier than you usually would. I think that's probably the biggest thing for anyone to do. Um, So I watch a lot of Steve Harvey. Like I watch like a lot of Okay, Uncle Steve. Uncle Steve, but waking up an hour early really like changed my life. Like even if you don't have to be up, like if you ain't got to be up till nine, wake up at eight because it always takes us like 45 minutes or an hour to really get into what you have to do in the day. Like you wake mm-hmm. up, slounge, you probably go on your phone, probably message people back and you get up, do what you have to do, then you eat breakfast and then you're like, okay, it's 10 o'clock. Let me do what I have to do. Like, no, wake up an hour early, wake yourself up, breakfast, boom, boom, boom. So then you're already ahead of the game, technically. And that like played like my own mind trick on myself. I was like, I'm gonna wake up at six. And to this day, I wake up at six every day, like religiously. I wake up, I work out, I like write my to-do list of what I need to do. That's another one, to-do list. To-do list, to-do list, to-do list. That's that's what my alarms are, is like, by 12 o'clock, I need to have sent this email. By 2 o'clock, I need to have stretched for 45 minutes. Like, that's the kind of, like, professional mentality you need to, like, get yourself. If you can get that from a young age, like 18, you are going to find it a lot easier. Like, yeah. 
easier. Either pay the piper now or pay the piper later. Like you're gonna have to do it. <laughs> so it's one of those things where can you be disciplined enough to just fix up? Like it's one of those like you know where you want to be, you know why you chose to go to America, you know how hard it is to be a good player in a huge pond. Like what are you, what are the little details are you gonna like shine in to make sure that you're better? Because we all could go to the gym and shoot 400 shots a day. Everyone does that. Mm-hmm. If you're really about it, everyone does that. But like, what separates you? Because that guy that might be a good, better shooter than you probably doesn't do schoolwork like you. Probably doesn't wake up an hour early and stretches. Da, 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 da. Those little things. It's long. It's long. Trust me, it's long. Those times where I'm like, wow, <laughs> this. But it's like, you have to really believe that those little details of, all right, I'm stretching more than him. All right, I went to the gym before him. I went, like, those little things is what little builds, things. like, confidence, builds that grit, builds that chip on your shoulder. And for me, that, that's what happened with me, man. So just set alarms, to-do lists, and wake up an hour early than you would. That's, what, that's probably the main three things for me. Nice. You kind of touched on it a little bit um, when you were talking about, you know, the, I guess, the rankings of um, uh, a team. Um, but personally for you, um, you know, you was, uh, uh, you know, before you left, you was a solid guard in the EABL and National League and, you know, um, big, big minutes, um, really solid production. Um, as you said, when you went over to JUCO, what was it like? Um, well, I guess both programs, when initially when you went over to JUCO, what was it like having to adjust to your new role? So, you know, kind of being the guy um, back home and now you're in, you know, uh, Colorado on your own, no button, a nobody, you know, talk about that adjustment. Yeah. Um, I hated it. <laughs> My first year, as soon as I went there, I was like excited. I was like, yep. Yeah. Mom, I made it. I'm going to America. Like, this is it. Like, I was so gassed. Like, I remember, like, writing my national letter of intent. I remember, like, bursting out crying and what. And then I go to the airport. I leave, like, my family. I'm like, bye. Well, as soon as I sat down, I was like, rah. I'm about to go on this plane on my own and go to somewhere I've never been before. I was... From there, my nerves were, like, pretty much scrambled but that first year of my juco experience was like i i didn't start i was playing nervous like you could see that i could play but you also knew that i wasn't ready like i wasn't ready and that everyone's gonna go through that you're gonna go to if you choose to go to america like you go to america you're gonna get hit with that initial oh rah this isn't like ebl this isn't like national league this isn't like, oh, like you can stay in front of me. Like what? Like, oh, like you really can like, there's a lot, like there's a lot you're going to have to fight through. And with me, I went into, cause I have, to, I think I put the pressure on myself. To like, okay, like I'm the import, like I'm the European, like everyone's proud of me back home. Like I've been posted on hoops fix. Like this is it. Like, I'm supposed, I'm supposed, like this is it. Everyone, I'm going to the league. Like this is it. Like, I'm going to kill. Like that was that was my mindset, and I got there and I was like, ah. 
everyone is just, if not like better than me. Yeah. And that was really like the generalization of everyone. Like I, in practices, like my coach would shout with me and then I would leave practice going back to my dorm. Like I'm going to get sent home. Like he's not going to want to like, like, I'm not going to play. Like, do I come home at Christmas? Like, man, the amount of times I second guessed myself was unbelievable. Like, I remember, like, just being on the phone to my grandma. I was like, grandma, like, I'm not sure if this is, like, meant for me. Like, like I, I know I'm good, but maybe I'm not good for, like, here. I, I probably did this once a month to her, bless her. But that first year was mad i remember just i just always felt like the coach was shouting at me like directly at me just, like, just you nobody said, else like, this is about me i was like turnover i was like oh it's the worst it, trust me my first year in juco was not the one but the more i spoke to like my friends and like other people who have gone to america they're like yeah man like this is like i was like okay so everyone kind of goes through that transition stage yeah. and then you just gotta find I was trying to be the guy. It's pretty much what it was. Like, I left England, like, as a good defender and, like, a really good three-point shooter and someone that's, like, really good at straight line driving. Those are the three things that I left England with and what made me get the scholarship. I go to America, I'm like, I have to be like Steph Curry or I'm uh, going to get sent home. That was my... That was, so anything I did that was outside of that box and it flopped, I just crumbled and then I started to figure out I was like Dre like this is not why you're here and I spoke to my coach like on a level and then I just realized that it's not about just going to America and just trying to be like a first round pick it's like yeah yeah this is college for like you're in a team start in your role that was it that was like and as soon as I figured that out which was probably towards the end of my first year I started, I was like, okay, I know that I can be the best defender in this team. Cool. So I would find a way, like, in practice, I'd guard the best guard. I'm like, being annoyed, I'm like, coach, let, let, me, let, let me guard him, let me guard him. And then he started giving me more tasks and I started proving myself and then my confidence grew. And then my shot, when you see a couple go in, you're like, okay, like, my shot's back. And then I started being a really good three-point shooter. So then in Juco, I was known as 3 and D. Like, that was me. Like, I can defend the best guy, probably the point guard. Don't leave me open kind of thing. And that was, like, my go-to coming out of Juco. And then halfway through my second year, I had a really good team around me. And then I like began to start because I was one of the best defenders and one of the best shooters. And then as that time went on, I started getting more comfortable. And then I came, like adding like that middle game of like driving and being a good passer and that's how my confidence grew. And then I just became an all-round player and then the law of attraction, Shamanad came to me. So my first year, mad. I couldn't even describe to you. And no one, I actually haven't spoke about that to anyone about my first year. Cause I just felt like I didn't want to look like I flopped, you know? Like I, I never mm. wanted to be that guy that was like, oh, like, Dre, like, he won the EABL championship. Like, he plays for Great Britain. He goes to a Juco and nothing. I, I, I was, like, so paranoid about that. Especially, like, as a young, like, you. I was just, like, worrying what everyone would think about me. Like, not even in America, just, like, back home. Uh -huh, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. so much hype around it. And then you're like, yeah, like, I'm going to America. Not many people do this. 
but it takes a whole I had to build a whole new Andre Arisol to be ready for America that old Andre in England was <laughs> was not cutting it yeah nah couldn't, couldn't make it nah was not was not enough like I really had to build a whole new person so I remember like going to the court at like 1am dragging out the shooting gun and I literally I you could ask my Juco coach he could vouch for me I probably got up easily like between 500 and 800 shots a day like probably just threes as well I was similar to myself you know what I mean like, I be in the gym every day man I'm, I'm waiting for my I'm call from the G League talking, you know what I mean well, that's what I'm talking about <laughs> but yeah religiously I just created a whole new me like and that was the key to me figuring out how to be successful in America was every new goal I had was going to create a different version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I wish I knew that earlier for sure. Cause I would have worked a lot more smart, smarter here in England. But I think, yeah, my first year was very stressful. Uh, with the knowledge that you have now, if you used to redo three things coming into college, what would they be? Um, my first thing would be understanding the school I'm going to. Um, I think a lot of us as youngsters, if we get any sort of offer or scholarship, we would just jump at it because we just want to get to America. And yeah. that's completely normal. Like, feel like that because I was exactly the same like I could have got offered from the worst academic school like that I would have been like yep but it's not it like you see it a lot how guys and girls go to schools that just aren't what they thought it was you know mm. um, but yeah I think you need to know what you're going into like luckily for me my college career was good I went to good schools and stuff but a lot of people I know and you see it a lot that you can just go you go blindsided into a school or a program and it's not what you thought but Mm. it's not their fault it's your fault because you didn't look deeply into it like true true are they are they really doing the course or the degree that you want to do or are you just going to have to change and settle because you just want to go to that school that's, that's a, a, that's big, a one. big one. That's a big, that's a big one. Like, I get it though, because I would, at the time, I would have done the same, but luckily my mum's pretty strict with academics. But if you go to a really low school that isn't very academically approved and then you get a degree from there, cool. But you come back here, well, you choose, like, is it worth anything? So then are you stuck to having to do another degree? That's a big one there. And then the basketball side of it, like, what are you going into? Are you going into a school that sounds good, but you get there and it's not what you thought it was? It's not professional enough. It's not, you're not getting looked after. The coach said all this on the phone, but then as soon as you get there, he hasn't spoken a word to you. Like, there's so many different scenarios of people's experiences that you need to know what you're going into academically, environmentally, like, where are you going? Like, the weather, like, the weather plays a big part. A lot of people don't, you know. Yeah, they, I mean, I mean, obviously Hawaii. You don't really need to research the weather that much, but Colorado, yeah. Colorado, <laughs> cold, though. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. There you go. 
that's yeah, yeah. Altitude as well. Colorado's, you know, up there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely understanding your surroundings and um, it's just it's just more it's more than just hey, I've got this opportunity to play basketball. I'm gonna get the scholarship. Off I go. So, um, yeah, it's perfect. I, yeah, can't 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 state it better. Um, being a European player in the USA, um, did you have to face any stigma? Obviously, they think you know. I guess the stereotype is you're from Europe. You're soft. You you don't know anything about basketball. Uh, did yeah. you come across any of that? Oh man. Yeah, I remember walking into my JUCO. I got off the plane and they were doing like an open scrimmage with the team to everyone to get to know each other. I walk in, probably six of the guys were baffled that I was black. <laughs> no way. No way. Bruh, I swear. They were like, they're like, you're the British kid. I was like, yeah. <laughs> And they were like, they were so confused that there was black people in England. Like they were. Do you know what? Yeah, I've had that when I was in Oklahoma. They were like, "There's black people in England." Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And it's just like, it's just like, yeah, man. Like, what are you on about? But like, that was that. Yeah, they were confused that I was black. And then that's hilarious. I it's it. Yeah, and then obviously, like, before even talking to them, you know that there's the barrier because obviously my certain words are different to theirs and especially going out there and not really understanding the American culture, especially in JUCO. Like you're talking to a guy from Mississippi that speaks in vibrations, is it? Like I was just like, <laughs> how am I supposed to communicate with you? Like um uh, that's it. Yeah man, like there's a lot as a European player, I think even in practice my coach would say, um, if you know Henry Langton he played with me and he came to my yeah, junior yeah, college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came to my junior college. We both had a situation in practice where we were on the same team and me and Henry did something bad, I think. And then he was like, you soft ass European players. Like, this is how like you Europeans are. Like you ain't got no heart. You ain't got, obviously trying to challenge us to like get the fight out of us. But like just that little bit was enough to set me off anyway. Henry didn't care so much. He was like, yeah, whatever. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, don't disrespect. I'm just, I was like, I'm carrying Europe on my back. I was like, don't disrespect. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for real. They just like, like they, they yeah. do, yeah. Like they do think that though. That like, they do think because they don't. They watch European basketball and they don't see like people windmilling and dunking on people and catching bodies and breaking ankles. That they just assume that we're very like playing netball. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> that's how they see it. But. Once, uh, like, but now, now the respect's there. The respect's there because there's more British kids and there's more like names being put out there. And we've obviously made our mark. But when I was when I was there, they were just so treating it like, yeah, it was weird. It was a weird vibe. Now you've mentioned, it, I was like, yeah, that was weird. Like they do see Europe as better. They just see us as we like to pass and we're really good at shooting. That's how that, fundamentals. That old, yeah, yeah, fundamentals. yeah. That old boy, that so, old boy in the park basketball just. Pass, screen, yeah. pass, screen. Good yeah. layup. Yeah. Good shots. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. So, What's the best part of playing college ball? The atmosphere. Okay. Basketball is basketball. Like, but 
for me, I was fortunate enough to play like against like NBA players and stuff, especially in the Maui tournament. Like I played against Arizona, San Diego State, Kansas, UCLA, um, and Georgia. But that Kansas game, especially, mm. was mad. Like college basketball in America. Like yes, okay, there's more money in it than we have for like Bucks and National League, but the investment that everyone has in the sport, like there's a deeper meaning to it than just like great kids mm. playing basketball. And it's so, it's just so like passionate. Like we would have a home game, like at Juco as well, Juco or at Chaminade, I'd have a home game. Like I was just so excited. I've never been excited for like a game because I know that people that I've met in the community are bringing their friends and family to come watch us play. And then... Mm. You have like the lights and then like there's food stands and people are queuing up to watch you play and like the jerseys are all set out in a locker room and like your coach gives a motivational speech and like you just want to look good and like you're like proper pumped up and like your friends like that two days before that game like your teammates are like all right like, we got like you don't get that here we I, I never had that in EABL or anything like we're just like yeah we got a game this weekend like I'm excited but you just walk into the game and stuff like that. You get treated differently. Like, you really feel like you're an NBA player throughout your whole college career. Like, I really felt like royalty. Like, people were coming up, talking, want to take pictures. And then the crowd's just so involved and, like, understands the games. I know here we get people that just cover they just like, don't understand yeah. what basketball is. It's just all different. I know money is a huge issue with it. But the investment that people have, because they know... Oh. Got you? Yeah. yeah. But the investment they know because a lot of the community just know that that one kid like isn't just a basketball player. He came from this. He came mm. from that. He went here. He damn like he went through like a lot of people know the stories of basketball players and especially like when they're playing for their hometown and stuff. It's special, honestly. It's special. And because we all want to move on, we all want to do great. Like there's a different energy with basketball especially college basketball because yeah it's it's beautiful man like, like i really wish and i hope one day like england gets like that in like just a little aspect of college yeah basketball. i, I but, would i would i would love it too um but i don't think unless it's professional sports um i think uh athletics a little bit um but yeah, I think not, and even then, as professional, I think um, apart from your meets, you know, like your rugby meet or your um, yeah, yeah. swimming meets or stuff like that, and even then, it's still like a um, a contained small community. Whereas in the pros, like if you watch Wimbledon and stuff, you know, mm. there'll be people camping out at Wimbledon and on Henman Hill. And it's a, do you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's a beautiful thing, but it's only like some pro sports over here, or should I say in England. Um, but I feel like with the majority of the sport, it's such a pride. It's not, when you go to a sporting event here in America, it's not just the sport. It's, hey, I'm representing the Lobos. I'm representing... Uh, New Mexico, I'm, do you know what I mean? Everyone's got a bumper sticker. Everyone's got a, uh, you know what I mean? There's so much, I guess, school pride, so much state pride, so much region pride. Yeah. 
And I don't That's think word to say pride. Yeah. yeah. We don't have that over here. It's just like, all right, well, I'm going to go support Arsenal. And that's it. It's, do you know what right, I mean? It's, right, right, right. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You go, you watch the game. Um, and as much as you say, like, even you saying that there's um, people that go to watch the game, like, know about the game. But I think what's big over here is you don't have to know the game. Because it's like, I, I'm representing the local, like, it doesn't, yeah, so, you know, yeah, I might true. be a basketball player. He might be a football player. He might be a, a baseball player. But it's like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to be a part of this. We're going to go support us. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's the, the, the big, big difference between um, the sports. Um, and talking about the, the followers and everything, how is it playing? How did you find playing in front of the fans? That's what I live for, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a... Yeah, man, that definitely gets me going. I think, like, I love the camera. I love, like, I love it all, man. That That's, like, that's me, man. When I come out, see all these fans, like, 3,000 fans, like, in Maui, Hawaii, like, and I'm looking over across on the other court and I just see, like, all these Kansas players and, like, Devin Dotson, like, Azubuki. I was like, yeah, like, this, this is why I'm here. Like, that was my moment. I had to take a second just be like, yeah, like this right here. The biggest stadium I played in was when we played Arizona. We were their first home game. Mm-hmm. That they fully sold out that game. Okay. Mad. Like it was like, yo, I, I walked in, it was like fans just like you couldn't even see fans because they were that oh, high. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, man. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. Like <laughs> I don't want to be playing. Like, I was just, I had a moment. I was like, wow, like, remember when I was playing my second year EABL, like, <laughs> final in UEL? Yeah, And then now yeah, I'm, like, yeah. in Arizona. Like, yeah, it was mad. But that's what, I love it, man. Like, that, like, obviously it's not everything, but that is a lot. Gives me a lot of good vibes, and it just makes me want to play better. And I do play better in front of people. I, I definitely do play better in front of people. Home or away? Ah, um, uh, do you know what? I probably play better away. To be fair, See, there's a lot of guys that said that they like the 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 killing the crowd. Do you know what I mean? Like someone says yeah. something and the answering back. You make a shot and you give them the stare down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mean That's face. What I think yeah, and there's no pressure when you're away. I think like. When you're home, you're like around your school friends, you're around maybe your roommates if you live with your roommates, you're around oh, okay, like, okay, okay. you know what I mean? Like when you're away, like you're like, all right, like cool, if I miss four shots, like who cares? Like, oh, the other the team, team care, man. They're going to be like, oh, number but six sucks, he sucks. Vibe. You know what? That, sound, that sounded wrong, but it's a different vibe, trust me. Like, I don't know. Because you got to go to school with the people. So like if you, okay, like, okay. If you got off one game, the next day, everyone's like, yo, like, you went off, blah, blah, blah. But if you scrub or if you get, like, dunked on, you're going to know about it the next day. But away game, no one actually knows, isn't it? Uh, that's so, hilarious. So, right. That's hilarious. So there's a little bit more of a stress reliever when you're away. That's so That's why probably why I play a bit better. But I don't know. Definitely away, though, than home. That's hilarious. You said, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, I missed a couple. So what, nothing to do with the fans giving you grief? 
Nah, they, yeah, that's just what it is, though. I think, I think I'm used to that, though. I think I'm used to that. I think, mm-hmm. I just, yeah. The fans always give you grief, but that's just like one of them wins where you got to get a nice, like, shot and then you just look at them, right? The side eye. <laughs> then they're, like, on your side, you know what I mean? Because they're like, oh, he's sick, he's sick. That's all you need, isn't it? Just one <laughs> nice one. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah, <laughs> Um, that was awesome. All right, so some trivial bits now. Um, this should be fun. What's the weather like in both Colorado and Hawaii? I, I, we know the answers, but you know, we got, for those kids that are going to Colorado and the yeah, whole yeah, Hawaii, yeah, let's let them know what it's like. Okay, so Colorado, you're getting the extremes of all the seasons. Okay. So summer, it's hot. Like it's hot. It's, yeah, it depends where you go. Like, if you're more in the city, you've got the buildings and stuff to shade you. But it's very hot in the summers all the way through. Um, but as soon as you hit winter, it's peak. You're getting snow that's like... And you're, you know the wind that's cold that like hurts your face? Like, it's sharp. Mm-hmm. That's what you're dealing with if you go to Colorado, right? <laughs> so, you need maybe some good Tims. Don't flex Wellington boots, you might get bullied. So probably some Tim's, yeah. <laughs> and then... Jobbers job is just cool. Preferably, like, waterproof ones. And then a nice nice jacket and a nice warm jacket, like a North Face thing, if you can purchase that. I didn't. I just got some... What did I get my jacket? I think I got, like, an ASOS jacket, like a big puffer one. That's okay. cool. Okay. Woolly hat, woolly hat, woolly hat, woolly hat. No matter what hair you got. Cover your damn ears, because it gets <laughs> brick. It gets oh, cold. That's hilarious. That's, that's, that's Colorado. And then it will switch to hot. But yeah, prepare, prepare for winter. And then if it's hot, then you're chilling. Hawaii. Anyone that's fortunate enough to go Hawaii. <laughs> Flip-flops. Slides. Nice shorts. Vest. Uh, and is that all year round? Mate, all year round. Okay, okay. Um, are, are there any extremes in the weather in both places though? Like tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes? Oh yeah, huge. Uh, Hawaii, November time, hurricane season. Okay. Yeah, when I went there, we got um, put on like a little lockdown because there was a hurricane. Hurricane? Yeah, hurricane that was coming towards our way. Because obviously Hawaii is made up of like nine different islands. Yeah, so they're trying to track this big hurricane. Is like, is it going to hit your island? Is it not? But we had a hurricane in my first year where it was blowing trees down. It smashed in windows. Like if you were near the actual water, like it was very, very bad. Like we had to live in like one of the school buildings for like a couple of days. It was bad. So, but... They do a really good, like, they've been dealing with that their whole life. So they know how to go about it, obviously. But I know there's a lot of parents that worry about their children. So don't worry. They will be safe if you go to Hawaii. <laughs> but be mindful that there, it, it does happen there. So be prepared to obviously, like, take what measures are needed. But you should be fine. But Hawaii is hot all year round. Maybe, like, a two-minute foresty tropical shower, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um Apart from that, it's hot, man. Like, 
don't wear too much lotion either because it's humid. <laughs> okay. I was, I, I was like, right, got to Hawaii. I was like, yeah, go to the store. Cocoa butter, cocoa butter, cocoa butter. Vastly, vastly. I was like, as you would, yeah, because if you go in the sea and there's salt water, your knees get dry up, innit? So you, you, know <laughs> what, you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as you step outside, humidity, it's like, and then if you have practice, like, do not, little thin layer of cream in it if you're going to, if you're going to be moisturising like that. But sunscreen is a big one because you're always going to be out whether you walk into class or whether you're walking home, like, it's hot. Like, you're going to catch the sun quick. You need to be on point with it. Hawaii is a very, you need to be built mentally different. Carry light stuff because if you're walking, it feels 10 times harder if you're walking. Like, it's, mm. it's a struggle. Bring a spare T-shirt because if Everybody. you're a man that sweats, peak. <laughs> Don't wear grey. Don't wear grey either. Don't wear grey. <laughs> you know, it sounded emotional. He goes, like, carry an extra T-shirt. <laughs> Extra t-shirt, extra water bottle. Yeah, that's it. Okay. That's it. Uh, what's the must-see destination of your town or state, let's say? Um, or, yeah, town. Um, so Colorado, must-see destination in Colorado and must-see destination, probably going to be the beach in Hawaii. But, yeah, just let us know where if, if, if uh, I'm calling you, I'm saying, like, yo, Dre, I'm in Colorado. Where have I got to hit up? You're in Colorado. Do you know what? Probably the hike. The, ah, it's probably for both, actually. They both have great hiking spots. Okay. Okay. Um, Colorado, if you get a chance to, Colorado Springs is really nice. They have really nice hiking spots. Just their mountains are beautiful, man. Like, it really is in Colorado. It's great scenery. Everyone's, like, fit. Everyone's an adventure outdoor person. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one specific hike that I did that I don't know the name of. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But there's, there's loads of hikes. Definitely hike when you go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Hawaii, the Stairways to Heaven is beautiful, which is, like, another hike. Um, the main way the actual stairs is forbidden because it's like obviously so old that it's probably like dangerous in it but there's a back way so go the back way if you go the stairway (laughs) but there's a beach called North Shore in Hon yeah on Honolulu on Oahu. that that beach North Shore is probably the well Hawaii is the best beaches I've ever been to but North Shore man like I walked in the water, it's super clear. You got like turtles swimming around you and that. Like, hey, okay. Yeah, beautiful, man. See if you can go to sunset or sunrise as well. Beautiful. Nice. Best place to get food in Colorado and in Hawaii. Okay, start with Hawaii. There's a place called uh, Marukrombe Udon. It's like thick noodles, kind of Naruto style okay. ramen thing. Okay. okay. But. That they have like tempura, like the fried shrimp and stuff that go with it. That I probably went there twice a week. <laughs> I'll just think. and it's cheap, it's hella cheap as well. It's hella cheap, so it's good. So, there for Hawaii, Colorado, there isn't a significant place for like that would be like, oh, you only can get this in Colorado. But my two favorite places that I went was Texas Roadhouse and Canes. 
Hey, okay. I'm a Canes fan, um, but Texas Roadhouse has come up a lot. Um, oh, mate. Uh, that, yeah. cinnamon, that cinnamon butter and the roll, yeah, it's different. Jordan was like, yeah, you know, if I'm feeling bougie, then, you know, I go to Texas Roadhouse. I was like, yo, <laughs> so, you know, bougie, yeah. He's right. <laughs> Jordan's right. Uh, but, yeah. Even Keynes is Keynes yeah. is, Keynes Keynes is, is fire, though. Yeah, it's, it is, like, fresh, hot. Like, I, yeah, I've never had an issue going Keynes, and then the Keynes sauce as well. It's just like, mm, yeah. Game over. What's the best place to get kicks? Do you know what? I'm probably the worst person to ask for this because I my basketball shoe game is probably dead, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like my 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 shoe game for basketball is not like do you know, like I only wear I'm so I'm so like tight with money and basketball shoes so like fortunate enough like when you go college like you get the team shoe team shoes yeah so i'd either rock the team shoe but if i've saved up money i'd get one shoe that would last me from august till like march madness yeah, and then i'll yeah. get a new shoe march madness like that's all i do uh, so i got shoes now what did i rock throughout my career where do I go? Probably, I'd probably just go on to um, Nike. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I just go to Nike because I, I usually, and I've been rocking with the Giannis, Giannis's shoe. Oh, yeah, 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 or yeah. Most comfortable shoe, man, for me. Like, that's who I rock with. So I've got a pair of them now. But from now until March Madness, like, that's me. Whether they bust up in the back or not, ask me to. Oh, like, you I just hate, ride, you just ride them out. I hate playing in like new sh- like I don't like changing shoes. Okay. I don't, but especially because I'm like one of those guys that picks up full court and that. I like to feel where I am. It's weird, but if it's like a new shoe, I don't like it. Okay. So, and then March Madness, like obviously, like you gotta have to have fresh. a crack game. You gotta have a crack yeah. game. Otherwise, yeah. like. I get I get mocked because my white shoes look creepy. Like I can't have to. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite American holiday and why? Thanksgiving. Yep. See. <laughs> I knew I. I was like I knew everyone was gonna say that, but man, like you get two. It's like two Christmases, bro. Like the turkey. <laughs> Are you mad? Like they go in. Oh, that's hilarious! I love it. <laughs> um, no, what was the other one? I had spring break. I've had spring break, the favorite holiday, um, and another common one is I think two or three people said, um, not like they're all the same because of. Uh, you're in basketball season. All of them are in basketball season. So like, it doesn't make a difference. We still got practice. They hated the breaks because it yeah, just meant that. Real <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've never had a spring break because we've always had, we've been playing in spring mm-hmm. break. So I've never actually had a spring break. But, um, never had a spring break, but Thanksgiving, man. Foy. I love food too much, man. 
Hey, that sounds to be the the, the common the common uh, thing going on. Uh, last one for the trivial stuff. Yeah. Um, did you get homesick, and how did you deal with it? Best way to conquer your homesickness. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I got homesick a lot. Luckily, like my one of my good friends, Danny Evans, said something. I think he put it on Twitter or something. But he mentioned how he doesn't know how people way before us would go to America without FaceTime and stuff because mm. boy is that tough. And like that when Danny said that, I was like, you know what? You're actually right. Um I got homesick a lot. I'm definitely like a mummy's boy and like I got two like I got I'm a grew up a house of women. Like I got three sisters, my mom, my grandma, like so you know how, how girls roll, like they're very uh, like, you know? But uh, I think I think I did get homesick a lot, actually, especially when it came to holidays. Because um, I didn't go home for Christmas or anything like that. So I think that hit me pretty hard to be away from everyone and kind of like just tagging along. Like I felt like an intruder with someone's like family and stuff. And like it would just sit with you like at night and you're like, oh, like I really miss my family and I don't get to go home till summer. Um, I felt that a couple of times, really, especially when something bad happened. Or like I didn't have a good game, like you would just those flow of thoughts, like oh, like I miss my family. Best thing I did, communication with them, like don't just talk when they hit you up. Like I always try and talk to my mum every day. I always check it. Let me and my sisters have a group chat. Like just talk, like constant communication will just keep you sane because there's going to be a time. There is like everyone goes through it like you're going to be a time where you miss your family like i promise you you're gonna go through that the first excitement of going to america or going to college without parents and stuff like okay you're gonna be like yeah finally away from them blah 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 and then it's gonna hit you when you're having a bad day so if you if 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 it suits you to maybe get a picture of them in your room or something that might work um but I, I just talk to them every day, whether it's a message or a voice note or like just calling them. Every day I would call them. I just constantly communicate, like, how did my day go? How did their day go? Just talk to them, really. I think that's what you have to do. Don't just try and ghost it, you know? Like, no point. Yeah. Talk to them every day. Um, awesome. Yeah. Final reflection stage, right? So, uh, what was your level of independence before you went to college? Uh, was it suitable? Uh, for college and what three things uh, should you be able to do before going to college? I know it's kind of a, a long-winded one, but basically, um, you know, was you proficient in being independent um, before you went to college and what things should you be able to do when you go over? What do you mean? Like, so cooking... Uh, right. cooking, uh, washing oh. clothes, like being a man about things, you know what I mean? Or being independent. Yeah, definitely. Um, that cooking one is so crucial. <laughs> um, luckily for me, I actually like like cooking. Like I'm pretty good at cooking for myself. But when you go to either junior college or four-year school, and you're really trying to be a professional athlete. Remember, these schools aren't just for you. They're for people that aren't athletes. So 
So the food there isn't going to be like, you're not going to get salmon and the best salad. (laughs) You're not going to get that. You're going to have a grill there where the lovely chef will offer you pancakes and bacon and all these like greasy fried chicken and stuff. And you're going to get offered that. Mm -hmm. And that is there on the table and you can probably eat as much as you want. Don't be silly and stupid and be like, yeah, like it's there, I should eat it. That's what I did. My everyone, everyone knows about it. Like the freshman fifteen, where you put on bare weight. Like everyone puts cool. on weight when they go to college. Yeah, the freshman mm. fifteen or so. Like you put on fifteen pounds or whatever. Yeah. Like you do, you do. You eat like you've never eaten before. And obviously, yeah. it took me my first year to understand that because, um, man, pancakes. I'd have pancakes. I'd have hash browns that have been like deeply fried i'd have like the bacon the sausage like that is my breakfast like, i would yam hard because it was there yo and, sidebar real quick real quick real don't you think the, the hash browns over here are dead we have the deadest hash browns known to man yeah it's dead over 100 percent, 100 percent. sorry i got uh, yeah, You're right, though. It's true. It's true. The hash browns are dead. Do you know what? McDonald's hash browns can hit sometimes if they're fresh. Okay. Okay. If you've never tried it, edit. I remember I used to eat hash browns from McDonald's. But I have, like, yeah. yeah, they're, they're hit and miss too because, like, if they're stale and old and the oil, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, go inside. Yeah. Now you're good cooking for yourself, man. Like, I think especially this past two years, my fitness, my body maintenance is everything has came down to my nutrition and i remember in charmwood getting talked about nutrition like three times a week and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll Sorry. go back again because like you don't think but your nutrition is key to anything you do mm. like everything and i never knew that i never knew that but i have this thing called um what's it called life sum and like you log in everything you eat and it tells you like how many calories it is like how many fats and stuff you have left to eat in the day like and i log it in every day every day so i know exactly what i'm eating how have i gone over my calorie limit like how much water have i drank like am i under like am i losing weight am i gaining weight like i really really track this stuff now because the importance of it is crazy like like, trying to train full-time be elite and have a good sleep schedule and then eating rubbish ain't the one you need and me cooking for myself allows me to know like i i'm paying for it so i'm gonna probably buy something good and then i also know what i'm putting in my body and i get it as a youngster like yeah who cares but trust me i'm telling you firsthand i've been there in it like before i played basketball i was quite fat so i know what the fat kid appetite is like (laughs) but i'm telling you when you cook for yourself it's a whole different ball game and being able to do that is just good you can meal prep you can be like okay i'm gonna have this i'm gonna have that and you'll see the difference in your whole self for sure um another one cooking the ability to pack light is a big one i struggle with that and i'm a grown ass yeah i struggle with it too like going to america like i think i left with a huge rucksack, two suitcases, and a duffel bag. Like, 
do I really need? And then when I went to Hawaii, I left with one suitcase and a backpack. Wow, so, like, I, so like going to Colorado, I had... Yeah, 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 you had everything. And then how did you manage to, to... Oh, okay. I don't need that. I'm like, okay, I'm only going to school in basketball. Okay, if I want to look nice, I'll use these two pair of shoes. And then I don't need three pairs of black jeans and four blue. Like, I just need two and two. And it's just like, that's the kind of like, you don't really need it all. And then I realized I wasn't wearing it all. And then it's just one of them ones where no one really cares if you're drippy every single day to go to English class, isn't it? Like, no one cares. <laughs> so, yeah, packing light, cooking, packing light, cooking, and probably just write, like, being able to track your week. I think is a big one. I think okay. time goes so quickly and you just go through the motions of it all. Like, yeah, okay, you wake up, you eat, you go practice, you go to school, you might go to the gym or something and then you socialise with your friends, which is cool. Like that's, but that is, that is technically your daily life for four years, right? And you can either go through the motions of that, but what I figured out my first year is that, okay, I came for basketball, so four hours of my day is devoted to basketball. And let's say you're up for, what, 12 hours? Maybe you got 14 hours a day. Let's say you're up 14 hours a day. Four mm -hmm. hours, what are you doing for the other 10? Like, okay, you do two hours of real school, like outside of lessons, okay? But then you socialize, with you. like what else are you investing in yourself? Because you're going to be four years away from home, like you either coming back, better than you left or you're coming back maybe just a little bit better of a basketball player and older with a beard like <laughs> it's just one of them yeah, ones yeah, where yeah. Like, so then I realised like and the Steve Harvey things I've been watching like you need to invest in yourself in other ways like priorities is the main one so I just realised to write my weekly out I was, and when I wrote it out I was like right all I'm doing is I've got a lot of free time here like so then I picked up reading and watching podcast is like what I do so like every time I wake up at six and if I'm riding to the gym or something I don't listen to music I'll listen to a podcast I'll learn about mindsets or like anything you're interested in, like maybe like property or how to like maintain your body like what like those little educational series you go through year to year basis helps so much so that's a good one to do I think it's to plan your week and try and fit something in there maybe an hour or two a day that is outside of your usual routine that's a good one okay so, nice yeah i like it uh what was the biggest adjustment to the american culture um and was there a big difference besides portion sizes of the food <laughs> <laughs> you could you could vouch for me tell me it's not a madness yeah, you get like a you get like a cup, you know, you get a, a medium cup, and it's like this size almost. You know what I mean, it's like you know what I mean, you get a huge. It's like, oh, do you, go, do you want to go large? And you're like, uh, no, I'm cool, thanks. It is mad, like portions. Yeah, portion sizes is definitely the biggest <laughs> one. Like, don't think to like if you go to McDonald's and ask for a large, it's not the same not the same don't after a lot whatever you do 
small or medium, you're straight. I'm telling you. Um, besides the portion sizes. That's hilarious. It's true, though. You tell me it's not. The portion it's true, is it's true. But it's the way you came up with it, it was like, what, besides the portions? That is actually probably the main one. The portion sizes threw me off. I was like, yeah, can I have a large? I mean, I think I went to a place called Sonic. Yeah, I was like, yeah, 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 I have, yeah. A, I have a large strawberry lemonade. My girl was like this, through the little window, yeah? I was like, I swear. I was like, nah, you guys are having me on. Like, who ordered me a, who ordered me a quadruple X, bro? Like, <laughs> that was mad. That's hilarious. Two hands. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, that's it. You're just, yeah, man. And that 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 drink set me that drink set me straight for about two weeks, man. In my fridge, it had to it had to be like tilted on the side bit because it was so like it wouldn't even, man. Uh, oh, just, just 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 sip it, man. You said it took him two days to finish the drink, yeah. Yeah, man. There's no point. Properly there's, not even a, there's not even a cup holder in the car big enough for it. Where's the logic? 